Thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. Chapel, and we're so glad that you are now part of our Faith Chapel family. Well, I got my youngest son beside me today because it doesn't happen very often, but today is his birthday and it falls on a Sunday. He is turning 10 today. He was born here when we came, and uh, we're so proud of this guy. We love him with all of our heart, and he is our California kid, so you can welcome him. Uh, you can give him a birthday shout out online. 10 years old today, double digits. We love you, buddy. Are you glad to be up here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. All right. I'll see you later. <laughs> well, before there was transatlantic flight, in order to leave Europe to come to the United States, you had to do so by ship. There was a man named Tom. He worked very, very hard to save all of the money that he had because he wanted to come and visit the United States. And after he had finally worked for several months, he had enough money to buy that ticket. He went down, purchased the ticket. The day finally came. He walked up that gangplank, got on the ship, and he was so excited. Now, he wasn't a man of very much means, so he knew that he wasn't going to be able to afford all of the extras on the ship. So he packed a suitcase with crackers and cheese in it so he'd be able to eat during the entire two- to three-week voyage that it would take from Europe to the United States. Well, once on board, he noticed all of the other passengers. They would go into this elaborate dining hall, and they would have this delicate, incredible meals that were prepared and, and for breakfast and afternoon and even into the dinner time. Every single meal, there it was. They'd bring out these carts of food, and it was incredible. But he sat there, Tom would sit there in the corner, and he would eat his cheese and his crackers, and day after day, meal after meal went by. Finally, when the cruise was almost over, a man approached him. His name was Bill. And Bill said, I, I can't help but notice that you're, you're over here in the corner all by yourself. And every meal, you've eaten cheese and crackers. And, and are you okay? Is there something that we can do? And well, in a, with an embarrassment look upon his face, Tom began to say, you know, uh, I, I don't have much money, and I knew I couldn't afford those incredible meals. People would walk out, and they would talk about how lavish they were, and there's no way that I could afford those meals. So I, I packed my own cheese and crackers so I'd have enough food to make this voyage. To that, Bill told him this, Sir, don't you realize that meals are included in the price of the ticket? Your meals have already been paid for. I believe that many Christians live their lives this way. We're missing out on God's best because they don't realize the good things that God has already paid for. They may be on their way to heaven, and yes, they're saved and they're going there, but they they haven't been able to live this abundant, incredible life that, that God has included in the price of the ticket. You see, Jesus came and he paid the price of your ticket, and yes, salvation is included, but there is so, so much more. Our series text in John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. Now, I want to break this down just a little bit so we have a full understanding of this verse since we're going to live here for a while. The words may have mean to have or to, to hold. It means to possess, meaning God wants you to possess this life. He wants you to hold on to it. He doesn't want you to lose it. He wants you to have it. It's yours for the taking. 
And the word life is the word zoe, and, and in this reference, it's zoan, and it means the physical or spiritual life or the present and future life that he has for you. So not only is it a life for your future, yes, we're going to heaven, but it's a present life. Not only is it a spiritual life, and sometimes we focus on that as Christians, but it's also a physical life, that God wants you to have a life right now in the present and in your future, and he wants you to experience abundant life, a life to hold on to, a life that is placed in you right now in this very moment. See, all of the universe is derived, all of life in the universe is derived and always will come from God himself. He is the sustainer and the giver of all of life. And God shares this wonderful gift with people, creating each in his own image, which gives us all the capacity to know his eternal great life. And he doesn't want us to just experience life, meaning have, have air in our lungs. He wants us to have it to the full. When you look at what this means to the full, it means to continuously abundant or to have excess or more than. And I know you're feeling that in your spirit right now. It's a more than kind of life that God wants us to have. It's a life in the present. It's a life in our future. It's a physical life. It's a spiritual life. It's a more than kind of continuous abundant life that Jesus wants us to have. This is the life that Jesus died to give us, that Jesus came to give us. But the problem is, is that you will never rise above the image that you have of yourself. You will probably speak, act, and react as the person that you think you are. In fact, psychologists have proved that you will most consistently perform in a manner and in harmony with the image that you have of yourself. And they're talking about self-esteem. And there's been a lot of conversation in the church over the years about self-esteem. Here's what self-esteem means. It is a deep down feelings that you have about yourself. Now, I want to point this out because I think it's really important. It is the deep down feelings that you have about yourself, deep down about yourself, not the ones that you, that you let other people in on, but the ones that you feel deep down about yourself. But I've coined a phrase, God image of self. I haven't heard that from anyone else, but to me, this just makes sense when I look at it through God's word because we're need, we need to have a God image of ourself. And this is God's truth about you that you know deep down. Now, there's a big difference between the two of these. We need to have a God image of self. We need to know deep down on the very core of our existence who God has made us to be. You see, self-image is nothing more than that. It is self-image. And when we look in the mirror and we're trying to get a better version of ourselves, and I've heard that phrase so much in the last few years, you're the best version of yourself. I don't want to be the best version of myself. I mean, I think I understand what they're trying to say when they say that, but I don't want to be the best version of myself. I don't want to look in the mirror and find a better version of myself for this time next year, a better next year than I am right now. See, my goal as a believer is when I look in the mirror, I see Jesus. See, the Bible tells us that we're to die to ourselves, that we're to crucify our flesh, that we're not supposed to be focused on ourselves so much. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't get better and we shouldn't take tests and we shouldn't do the things that help us be better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when we focus only on our self-image, it's all about self. But when we focus about the God image of ourself, then it allows God to work upon me and he allows him to create me in his image and I become something far more than I would if I only focus on myself. See, your image must line up with who God says you are. Nothing more, nothing less, who God says you are. That's why the Bible tells us that we're to be a God-pleaser, not a man-pleaser. 
So how do you operate in your God image? In your notes now on your app. Learn to appreciate your differences. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. We are all made unique. We're all made different. When you operate outside of your uniqueness, you operate outside of your unique anointing. When you operate outside of your difference, you operate outside of your different purpose. When you operate outside, because you've been created for a different purpose, a unique purpose, a special purpose, and only you can fulfill that. And when you operate outside of that and you don't appreciate your differences, then you're not operating to how God has created you to be. In fact, when we operate in those special, unique ways, what we should be really look, reflecting on is Romans 8.37. Know that in all these things, we are more than. There it is again, more than. We serve a more than God. And God who's made us unique allows us to be a more than a conqueror when we are operating in his purpose for our life. More than conquerors through him who loved us. Second, we need to be the best that we can be. Now, I think we should always strive for excellence. And I think a lot of times in our lives when we don't hit that excellent spot, we feel bad about ourselves or we let other people put us down because of the way that we feel because we didn't make the mark. I just want to remind you, you've been made in God's image and God knew you full well, even before the foundations of the world. And he created you and he knows your strengths and your weaknesses. And even in your weaknesses, God created those things and he will use those for a purpose. We should always give our best. That doesn't mean we'll always be excellent. Doing your best isn't the same as excellent. In Colossians 3.23, it gives us the motive behind it. Whatever you do, whatever it is, Work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Number three, seek good and godly counsel. Counsel, we all need people in our lives. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. You have victory when you seek the abundance of counselors, when you get people in your life that can speak in and pour into your life. We need others in our life. So iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You need people speaking into your life. That's the value of the church, where we come together, the small groups, when we get online and we share a common interest and a common bond, we can speak into each other's lives. And then number four, be the person that God made you to be, that God made you to be. He didn't ask you to be anyone else but, but you. But let me just stop and just say this. How many times have you, have you pulled up your social media account, whether it be Instagram or whether it be Twitter or whatever, and you're TikTok, and you're looking at it, and you're seeing the best version of somebody's life. And then you start going, wow, I wish I had that kind of spouse. I wish I had those kind of kids. I wish I had that kind of house. I wish I drove that kind of car. I wish I had that kind of life. Can I tell you, social media is a lie. It's only the best version of that person's life. In fact, you don't even know what's happening in their heart because the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? What God is asking you to do is not play the comparison game, not fall into the sin of comparison, but literally to live your life in such a way that whatever you do, you're doing it with all your heart is doing it for the Lord. That's what brings victory. God has made you to be you. In Ephesians 1, 4, and 6, it says, for He chose us. Look look what it says. He chose us before the creation of the world to be blameless and holy in his sight. And in love, he predestined us. And let's go all the way down. And graciously grace which he has freely given us. He's chosen you. 
He's predestined you to be a part of his family, to be a son or a daughter of God. And he has freely given us his glorious and gracious grace that's working in your life. Can I tell you, I don't think we totally understand how valuable we are and how important we are and how fearfully and wonderfully we've been made in God's image. There's a quick two-minute video. Take a look at this. I think it'll help explain what I'm trying to say. made. That's what the Bible promises in our body is just one example of how we can look at, at the intricacies of how God has woven us together. I love how Proverbs says it in Proverbs 8. It says, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. The first. We've talked a lot about that in our previous series. Before his deeds of old, I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. God has known you before the foundations of the world, and he called you by name. Be who God's created you to be. So listen, as a believer, there's just five quick things I want to share with you in our time left. The first one is this, is you need to learn to get into agreement with God. Imagine that I'm handing you a crisp $100 bill. Would you want it? Well, sure you would. Suppose I crumble it up and I made it look all ugly. And would you still want it? Of course. It's still $100. But let's say I took it outside. We drove the car over it. We threw it in a mud puddle. And now it's almost not recognizable. Would you still want that $100 bill? Absolutely. And why? Because it's still worth $100. Our value isn't placed on us because of, because of what the surroundings say we are, 
our values placed on us by our creator, you're still worth way more, by the way, than $100. Because God sent his one and only son to show how much he values your life. And the value cannot be taken away from us by anyone else. It can only be given to us by our creator, by God himself. Ephesians chapter one and verse three says, praise to the God, the father of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in every heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. You need to make your life or allow your life, your belief system to line up with what God says. Has he blessed you? Does he want to bless you? Does he want that continuous blessing for you to take hold of, for you to hold on to, possess in your life, this abundant life? You see, some of you right now don't believe that that's even you. And you don't act like you don't believe for it and you don't even pray that way. And I'm telling you, you're missing out on life, the abundant life, the life to the full that God wants you to have. Remember, be who God's created you to be. You know, you were born, John Mason said this, you're born an original, don't die a copy. Don't die being somebody else. Run your own race. Many reasons that people are discontent today, I believe, is because they compare themselves to somebody else around them. I love what it says in Matthew chapter nine and verse 33. It says this, become what you believe. Become what you believe. Stop limiting God with your thinking and limited mindset and learn how to believe God for more. Number three is this. I will make you into a great, well, I'm sorry, dare to believe for greater things. Dare to believe for greater things. I mean, we, we don't usually pray these robust, incredible, big prayers, do we? But God is challenging us to, to pray those kind of prayers and to believe for those kind of things. He goes, I want to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or could ever imagine. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, it says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and, I will, and you will be a blessing. That is the same covenant, that is the same promise that God has given to you and I today, that God wants to bless you and he wants to make you a blessing to others. And so I'm telling you, dare to believe for greater things. He said, Pastor, Pastor, stop, stop, Pastor. You understand my husband's been laid off, I've been laid off, you understand things are a mess right now. Things are a complete mess in our family. Can I just remind you of this, is that if you can't unscramble an egg, I get it, it's a mess, but our God is able to take unscrambled eggs and turn them into an incredible omelet. And in your life, God is able to make your life into something far more significant than you would ever dream, ask, or imagine. If you'll just turn it over to God in this moment, if you just pray big prayers, maybe, just maybe, God is about to do something incredible, miraculous even, in your own life. And number four, God is working in you. He's working in you right now. Philippians 1, 6 says this, Be confident. Listen, I want you to be confident. Be confident. Be a people of faith. Be confident that he who began a good work, who's doing the work? See, a lot of times we get this mixed up. If I work hard enough, I pray hard enough, I study hard enough, if I memorize enough scripture, if I go to church enough, if I give enough, if I do all these things enough, then God will allow me to come into the kingdom. That's not what it says. It says he, God, has begun a good work in you. And he's going to carry it out to its completion. You need to have confidence in that. That our God is working right now in you. He's doing a job in you. He's doing a work in you. He's going to complete that work in you. He's not giving up on you. That doesn't mean you haven't given up on God. That doesn't mean you haven't 
wavered in faith at some times. That doesn't mean you haven't turned your, your, your back on God at some moments. That doesn't mean that you haven't always been faithful, but our God is faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He began a good work in you, and he is faithful to bring it about to its completion, and our God is at work. The last is this, a delay is not a denial. Let me just simply say this. Is, you remember the story of Abraham and Sarah? The angel of the Lord came down. You're going to be a, you're going to have a child. We're late in life, and there's no way we can have a child. We're, you're going to have a child. Can I tell you, from the moment that promise was declared to the moment it happened was 20 years. Just because God hasn't worked in your life right now doesn't mean he won't. And it doesn't mean he's not bringing all things together for good. It just means that we need to hold on and we need to persevere and we need to make sure that we keep being faithful, knowing that in God's due season, if we do not give up, our God will bring the victory that we've been looking for. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I just ask you right now, if you're not in right relationship with God, if you're not in a place where you know God and know his voice, Now is the best time to do that. With all of this uncertainty, we serve a God who is certain. We serve a God who knows you full well and a God who's created you and given you purpose. And now's the moment to place your life into his hand and say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to trust you as my Savior and my Lord. And so I'm going to ask you to do this right now. If you don't know Christ or maybe you're coming back to the Lord and maybe, maybe it's been years since you've been serving God. I want to ask you right where you are, right there on your couch or in your car, wherever you're watching, computer, your, your laptop, or maybe you're watching on TV or your iPhone. I just want you to bow your head right now where you are and pray this prayer with me out loud. Say it out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. I make you my Savior and my Lord. And from this day on, I choose to serve you in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just prayed that prayer, let me just congratulate you. And I'm gonna ask you in the comment section, maybe put a raised hand emoji up there, but more importantly, would you click on the link that is provided right now so that you can talk to one of our pastors and be prayed for. We wanna help you in this relationship that has just started right now in this moment. So God bless you. I wanna pray that God will give you an incredible week and make your life that you're living this week, all of us that are watching, a life to the full. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to live the life that you want us to have. Let us possess it, take hold of it, and live it to the full. God, I pray that even in moments like this, where we're quarantined or where we're sheltered or whether our, our, we're not able to get around as much as we, we would like, Father, we still have life in you. For you're the giver of all life. May that life be poured out in the hearts of every person that's watching. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pray you have a great week. I'll see you right back here next week. God bless you. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at faithchapelsd. See you real soon.